church say praise the Lord. The church say amen. The church say hallelujah. For my God did it. I'm not the same. And he did it suddenly. And we give God all the glory, honor, and praise for the great things he has done in and through our lives. We bless him for his goodness and his favor and his mercy. Thank him for one more day. Amen. To sing and to praise his holy name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. As the old saints would say, if I had 10,000 tongues, it would not be enough to thank him for all he's done for us. We thank him today. We give honor to God in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank God for Sister Angel leading us in devotion and for Brother Eric and Sister Faye and leading us in song and worship today. And even Brother, Brother Carlton, we thank God for you and your service today and all you who are here. Pray that you've been blessed by the worship experience already. Continuing our theme today, the Christian experience, and looking again at Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 5. When you find it, say amen. amen. Isaiah 40, in verse 1, we read, says, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and crowd to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed in our flesh. Shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. For New Testament passage of Scripture, we'll look at the Gospel of St. John chapter 10. Begin reading in verse 11. John's Gospel, chapter 10, begin reading in verse 11. When you find it, say amen again. John 10, verse 11, we read, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is not a hire, because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore, my father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Therefore, there was a division among the Jews because of these sayings. Today, I want to share with us briefly from the subject, the Christian experience. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Father, we bless and magnify and praise your holy name. We say hallelujah. Hallelujah. For you are worthy to be praised. God, you're worthy. God, you are worthy to be praised. We thank you for all you've done for us, Lord. 
And we just can't thank you enough, Lord. You brought us through difficult times and troubles, Lord, but yet you are still God. You brought us, Lord, through the week, Lord, and we want to thank you because we know that you are our God, Lord, and we bless you. We thank you, Lord, for just being here today. We know that there's no goodness of our own, but it's you, Lord. In you we live, and you we move and breathe and have our being, Lord. We bless your holy name. Now bless me, your servant, as I share your word today. And bless your people that we might receive the word and know, Lord, that you are the good shepherd. Bless us today. We'll be careful to thank you and praise you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. you feel today that God is worthy God is worthy God is worthy to be praised so we say hallelujah for our God is truly worthy God is worthy to be praised bless the name of the Lord today our subject is the Christian experience Jesus is the good shepherd we have shared from this theme and and I hope that we've been challenged by the theme, the Christian experience. Each time we share from it, I hope it causes us to reflect on our daily lives. 
how we treat other people, how we see ourselves, and how we live before God each day. Because the most important word in this theme is the word Christian. Because I want us to be Christ-like in the way we live our lives every day. How we love our neighbors and how we even treat our enemies. I want us to be Christ-like. I want us to know that we can do what God tells us to do in his word. I don't want us to have our grandmother's religion. Because I don't want our lives to be in vain. I want us to know Christ for ourselves. To know him as our Lord and our personal Savior. Because we asked him into our hearts. We want to live our lives for him every day and apply his word to our lives. I don't want us to just come to church as a ritual and say, oh, it's Sunday morning and I need to get dressed and go to Shadydale. But I want us to live every day for Jesus Christ. Whether we're here or on vacation or out of town or, or wherever we might be, that we're living for Jesus Christ, knowing him for ourselves as our Lord and personal Savior. The Old Testament passage of scripture in Isaiah 40 gives us a vision for God's plan for our lives. And each time I read it, I get encouragement because I know I want to be found in him. I want God to get the glory out of my life. I want to be doing his will. Isaiah 40 says, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. That's good news because he wants us to know that our warfare is ended it and our iniquity is pardoned. Because we have received from the Lord's hand double for all our sins. See, God's plan is not that we live in sin every day, but our sins be forgiven. That we know him for ourselves and we can know that our sins have been forgiven. We don't have to wonder because we know we asked him, the Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Help me to live for you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. We can ask God to come into our lives right now. We don't have to wait for some special time, a special moment. We can do it right now. No matter where we are on this journey, we can live for Jesus Christ now. So that every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. We thank God for this word because it lets us know that no matter where we are on this journey, whether things are going nice and easy or whether they're difficult and rough, we can still live for God. We can hold on to his unchanging hand. You know, I often see um, uh, mountain climbers on, on, on television, and they don't climb that mountain by themselves. Even if they are by themselves, they have a rope, and they have all these things to make sure that they don't fall. We need to have, we need to have Christ in our lives so that we won't fall through this journey. And even if we are in the valley, you may not have to fall very far, but you can be stuck in the valley. But God is the one who can bring you through the valley, no matter what you're going through in life. The crooked places shall be made straight. And I often talk about, you know, has there ever been a time in your life when you didn't know what to do? And I find that many people get lost in that place. They don't know what to do. And then sometimes they do the wrong thing. And many of you heard last week that a football player shot himself. He was one of the best ever. A legend. But yet he found himself in this crooked place and did not know what to do. I don't want you to lose your life in the crooked places. I want you to call on God and know that he can guide you through those crooked places. So the rough places shall be made smooth. If you hold on to God's unchanging hand, you can make it through those times. Those times will not last forever if you call on the name of the Lord. Because as is all said and done, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed 
and our flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What I love about this Christian journey is that when I don't know what to do, when I don't know where to turn, when things are rough, I can know that God will reveal himself to me one way or another. Sooner or later, he's going to tell you why you went through that. Why you had to go through that the situation. Why your job was so hard. Why that person was treating you so bad. Sooner or later, he's going to reveal. There's going to be a, a revelation time. He's going to show you why you had to go through those times. And if we don't get it on this side, the Bible says we're going to be in heaven forever and ever. And the Bible says that the mystery is going to be revealed. He's going to tell us why we had to go through these things. So the glory of the Lord, it don't say it might be or probably or if and then. It said it shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. We serve a good God. And he's going to reveal himself to us. And we're going to be able to share in his glory if we continue to live for him and follow his plan for our lives. A New Testament passage of scripture is found in the Gospel of St. John. As we say, God, John's gospel was written that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. It was written that we might believe in him as, as our Lord and our Savior, the one who died on the cross for our sins. Yes, we celebrate Christmas. We know that's a, a special time. But we also need to realize that he came in the flesh so that you and I could know him for ourselves. To know that we could live down here in this life. The only time we're going to have to live is right here and now. Because when you're dead, you're going to be able to live. The Bible said the dead can't give God glory. So we've got to live for him now. And we can live for him by faith in his son who died on the cross for us. But John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And we've gone on through the gospel of John and now we're in chapter 10 and we're talking about this very familiar passage of scripture that Jesus is the good shepherd. And today we want to talk about the Christian experience. Jesus is the good shepherd. Last time we talked about him uh, being the, the true shepherd or the real shepherd. And today we want to talk about him being the good shepherd. Do you realize that there are people who are good at things? Some people that are not so good at things. You know, I might be a good, uh, I used to be a good basketball player. I would hate to try to put myself against some the professionals. I'm not as good as they are. But let them try to be a pastor. Amen, somebody. They wouldn't be as good of a pastor as I am. I believe that by faith today. I am what God says I am. I want to be good at it. That's the same way we want to look at Jesus today. Jesus is not just some ordinary shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And today we're going to see him as the great shepherd, the good shepherd, the one who died, who led, who's here to lead us and guide us through this life's journey. When we're following the good shepherd, we know he's going to lead us in the way that we want to go. Look at John chapter 10. There are three things in this passage of scripture today to see that Jesus is the good shepherd. and How we ought to look at him and follow him and see his plan for our lives. First thing in John chapter 10 today, we want us to see is that the good shepherd cares about our lives. The good shepherd cares about our lives. Look at John chapter 10 and begin reading at verse 11. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, 
sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. See, we don't understand that Jesus cares about us. That, that's for part of what makes him the good shepherd. See, the, he says, in contrast, the hireling, he's not the good shepherd. He don't even care about the sheep. He can see the wolf coming and say, you know, it's time for me to get out of town. Time for me to go do something else. And many times we see, you know, we hear about pastors and leaders and, 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 and CEOs. And as soon as they see the stock start going down, guess what they do? They turn in their resignation. They're ready to get they, they, their, their stock options because they're done. As soon as they see the, the market changing, they say, well, I done done my part. I'm ready to go. But the good shepherd stays through it all. The, the rough places, the mountaintops, the valleys, the, 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 the difficult times. The good shepherd stays through it all. Because he cares about his sheep. He cares about you and me. He's not going to leave us. We've said it many times. The Lord said, he will never leave us nor forsake us. He is the good shepherd. He says, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. See what a coward that is. Think about what that means in your life. That means when, when the storms of life are getting ready to hit you, the devil going to get up and leave. And say, oh, he, let me see if he gonna, how he's going to handle that. Start to back away. See if you're going to be able to handle it or not. And then he's going to stand there and laugh at you while all this is going on. I can imagine the hireling standing there on the other side of the fence waiting to see how many the sheep the, the wolf is going to take away. And if he walks away, then he's going to climb back over the fence again and say, oh, he, he got away? Looking around with a, with a smug look on his face. But the good shepherd stays and fights for his sheep. The good shepherd might just make a noise and the wolf might run away. It might be just that simple. But because he don't care, he leaves. We're talking about Jesus being the good shepherd because he cares about us. Look at 1 Peter 5. We heard this many times. 1 Peter 5 and verse 5. It says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he might exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. See, we need to make sure that we are trusting the true shepherd, the real shepherd, the good shepherd. Because the devil, he don't care about us. He says in the scripture, he's like a roaring lion. Not seeking who he might, you know, scare. You know, the, the roar by itself does something to you. And I remember one time I was in the zoo, walking through the zoo, and the last few years, and I heard the lion roar. I was like, wow, there's something else right there. 
I don't think I like that at all. I'm glad there's a big old fence right there to keep me away from that lion. So think about that in your life. When the enemy begins to roar, he's not roaring just to scare you. He let you know, I'm coming, and I'm getting ready to put my jaws on you. I'm getting ready to tear you apart. But God cares for us. He's not going to allow the enemy to destroy us. He cares about us. So we need to watch and submit our lives into his hand. Because, you know, if we, we're going to fight our own battles, we could, you know, try it ourselves and see, see what happens if you fight the devil by yourself. He'll take you out. But we need to submit our lives to the good shepherd because he cares about us. He says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. That he might exalt you in due time. See, the hireling, he won't humble himself. He's proud. He thinks he, because he got a title, that's going to make him somebody. But when we submit ourselves under the hand of God, he'll give us any title we want. Because we're going to earn it because we are doing what God told us to do. Humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. God cares about us. We can cast all our cares upon him because he cares for us. We're talking today about Jesus being the good shepherd. The second thing I want to see in John chapter 10 today is the good shepherd knows about our life. He knows about our life. He knows what we're going through. Look at John chapter 10 verse 14. It says, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. And am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. See how much the Father cares about us? He knew, he knew what you was going to need and what I was going to need. He was saying in context that the Jews were part of the family of God, but I want to go out and receive, get the Greeks too. Those who are outside of the so-called family of God. And bring them in. I'm not going to have two folds. I'm going to have one fold. I'm going to be the good shepherd. And I'm going to take care of my sheep. Because I know what they need. They need me in their lives. They need me for the journey. They need me to guide them. The good shepherd knows about our life. Look at Psalm 139. Because sometimes on this journey, we feel like we're here by ourselves. and Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. And we begin to grumble and complain about the things that go on in our lives. But I want us to know today that God knows about our lives. Look at Psalm 139. And we've heard this many times. It says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought from afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue. But you, but behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, 
Even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as a day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you form my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am what? Fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. And skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they were all, they all were written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me them, therefore you bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And I do not loathe those who rise up against you. I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. See, the Lord knows about our life. No matter where we are on this journey, no matter how much we go through, the Lord knows who we are and what we face day by day. He says he even knew us in our mother's womb. He would know the number of days we have on this life. So we need to be able to trust him and know that Jesus is the good shepherd. He knows about our life. The third thing and the last thing today in John chapter 10 is that the good shepherd laid down his life. He cares about our life. He knows about our life and he laid down his life. John 10 and 17 says, therefore, my father loves me. Because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Therefore, there was a division among the Jews because of these sayings. See, we've been able to trust in the good shepherd. Trust what he says. Trust what he's capable of doing. Trust what he knows about our lives. Because he's willing to lay his life down for your life and mine. He said, I ain't worried about laying my life down. I'm not worried about people going to say. I'm not even worried about what they're going to do. Because they can't touch me. They can't do nothing with me. They can't handle all that I am. Because I am the good shepherd. I know what I came here to do. And nothing's going to stop me from being the good shepherd and fulfilling my purpose that God sent me. He says what? Therefore, my father loves me because I lay my lay down my life that I may take it again. See, in your life and, and in our own imagination, we're like, how can you lay your life down and take it again? What does that really mean? It means that he's good at what he does. He's the good shepherd. He's, he knows the end from the beginning. And he's not worried about what's going to happen in life. It says no one takes it from me. But I, have, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. And I have power to take it again. 
This command I have received from my father. See, God told him to do certain things in this journey. Throughout the Old Testament, we see the scriptures talk about him coming. How he was going to be born of a virgin. How he was going to die on the cross and shed his blood. And all these things were foreknown in the the scripture by the prophets. And when Jesus came, he said, you know, I'm going to do all that stuff. (laughs) I'm going to accomplish every one of those things. And it says, therefore, there was a division among the Jews because of these things. See, people around you may not understand, but Jesus knew all of it. And he wasn't intimidated. He wasn't frustrated. He wasn't worried about what people had to say. He knew he was the good shepherd and he knew what he had to do. He had to lay down his life for his sheep. And that's exactly what he did. Look at Romans chapter 5 as we close. Romans 5, a very familiar passage of scripture. One that we love to quote from time to time. But it says in Romans 5, beginning at verse 6, it says, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man one would die. Yet perhaps for a good man some would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, I came to tell you today that Jesus is the good shepherd. He said some people would would dare to die. You know, for for, for you and me, but for some good people, some would would die. They would give their life for a good person. You know, they say a man would die for his wife or for his children. A mother would give her life for her children. But Jesus gave his life for all of us. Because he's the good shepherd and he came to fulfill God's purpose for his life. Even while we were sinners. We were, we were, when we were no good, you might say. We were good for nothing, strangers to God. Jesus still gave his life for us. And that's why I want to say today, Jesus is the good shepherd. He gave his life for you and I. When we didn't deserve it, yet he gave his life. And when he gave his life, he came and took it back. He rose from the grave with all power in his hand. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. When you and I called on him, he's there to answer. Even in the midnight hour, when the TV is off and the phone don't work, call on the good shepherd. He'll hear you cry. And he'll come and see about you. Hallelujah. We serve a good shepherd. And whenever we need to call on him, he's there to see about us. What a blessing today to know that Jesus is the great shepherd, the rock of all ages. The almighty God is he. We should honor him and give our lives to him because he laid down his life for you and me. Pray you understood the message as we stand together. The Christian experience, Jesus is the good shepherd.